Welcome to the Strategy Story Podcast, a show for, well, basically anyone interested in those real stories of people making it happen and making a difference in work and business. We're here to bring you some seriously cutting-edge thoughts from the worlds of strategy and storytelling. So, if you're looking to improve your comms and your business story, or you want tips on leadership and culture, or seeking strategy advice, or help on leading people through change, keep listening. I'm Kate Hooker, co-founder of Strategy Story, and we are inviting you into our community. So sit back, listen up, and join us. Hello, everyone. Here we are again, back again with more from the world's of strategy and storytelling and communications. Kate Hooper here. And of course, there's also Donald McLean. That's where you're meant to say your name, Donald. You didn't tell me you got to do that. Okay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Sorry I'm late. <laughs> late to the party, but it'll be a good party. So today, what we've got for you folks is from the world of strategic management a theory, a concept, more than that, much more. It's about helping people work together. Donald, what is it? Well, we're going to talk about deep structure. I have to say I am I'm kind of excited because so far we've we've talked about strategy and particular strategic logic, which is actually pretty straightforward. It's been overcomplicated by numpties in my view, but this is getting into some really good and deep stuff, which I, I think is really helpful. Game changer. And oh my goodness, what on earth does deep structure mean? Well, once you hear about deep structure, folks, hopefully what will happen for you will be what happened for me. And it really changed the way I thought about leading projects, programs, people, whatever it might be. Before we get on to what it is, though, Donald, and how folk who are leading teams or running businesses might be able to use it. Why, from your perspective, is deep structure so important? Well, deep structure matters because it's given us a completely new way of looking at strategy and strategic change that doesn't rely on methods that I think are kind of out of date. If you think of if you, if, if you think of of when an awful lot of the taken for granted management methods in our organizations originated, it was in the Industrial Revolution. So right at the heart of most of our organizations, there still lurks this idea that the organization's some kind of machine. And so if we treat our organizations like mechanisms, everything should happen just as it's meant to happen in a very prescribed way. That increasingly appears not to be the case. And in actual fact, Probably the big thing that most organizations are concerned with now is innovation, creativity. That means that what makes organizations decisively competitive or successful is voluntary. It's voluntarily imparted. I can't say to UK, have a good idea about bananas right now. Have a great idea or introduce a new way of getting to the moon quickly, please, now. Right, so we don't really understand where ideas come from or how all that happens, but we are pretty sure that they don't come from mechanical processes. There's a lot of evidence to suggest this. So 
when when you get these mechanisms trying to be innovative, it's a bit like trying to create a work of art with a screwdriver. You know, it's just it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, that would certainly be an interesting work of art, but I absolutely hear what you're saying. And we are going to get to exactly what this is, folks. We're teasing you here. What is deep structure and how can you apply it? We are going to come to that very, very soon. But we wanted you to understand from our perspective why this is so important, why it's at the heart of our transformation programs that we work with, um, with clients here. But what's really, really important to us as well is your voices. So we actually put out a little poll on LinkedIn um, to get some of your views on this last week. And um, thank you to everybody for your responses and your comments. So we put out a poll saying, what kind of management style do you prefer? We gave some options. A, constant oversight. B, freedom to pursue initiative. C, ground rules to work by. And D, a strict plan to follow. Donald, have you got any guesses about how the poll might have landed? Well, uh, no comments on how loaded that that, that dice might have been. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think in general, I think nowadays people are, are keen to express themselves. So it's about local initiative, but probably not in a way that gets incoherent. So some, it has to still be joined up. So, so, so there has to be something that unifies it and makes it like guiding principles or something. Absolutely. Well, 56% of folk went for ground rules to work by and 44% freedom to pursue their own initiative. And yes, funnily enough, nobody went for constant oversight or a strict plan to follow. And obviously we're being a bit tongue in cheek with those phrases, but it kind of does say a lot, doesn't it? You know, how people feel when those very um, tight methods come down from management. And as you've pointed out as well, it is obviously contextual too. So um, it's about the kind of business that you're running and how these things can apply to that. Can I just pick up on a point that Sarah Fraser messaged us about on this? She's a lecturer in international marketing and leadership training. And she said, it's not management style, it's management attitude. And I think that's like so spot on. She's saying if there's respect and appreciation, most people will respond positively, and that's fair enough. This podcast is produced in association with Alitu. Alitu is a one-stop shop podcast maker tool offering call recording, audio cleanup, audio editing, and publishing. If you want to start your own podcast, just like this one, go over to alitu.com. That's A-L-I-T-U.com and try out for a week for free to see if it works for you. It did for us. So that's some voices. So we've had some folk get in touch about this and they've kind of been telling us the key things that they really want in terms of management attitude. Thank you, Sarah Fraser, is great ground rules and freedom to work from their own initiative. So, Donald, this is a brilliant segue into deep structure and where it comes from, because there's probably a very good reason that folk have come back with that response. Yeah, well, I think these responses are spot on. For me, they're symptomatic of a of a almost like a switch in the way we're thinking about strategy and strategic change. And that is that we're no longer regarding it as the rollout of a mechanical process or the execution of a mechanical plan. 
we're regarding it as an emergent process. And so if you think about the things in your life that are emergent, but the, the, you know, one that I am fond of, as you, you know, you know, you're probably bored with me talking about it, is something like a game of football. It's emergent in that it would make no sense at all to try and script every move in the game, but it's not out of control. It's still managed. So it's a game. What is deep structure? In that case, it's basically just the rules of the game. It's the principles that everybody's agreed to abide by as they set about this improvised performance. So the guiding principles, and that operates at different levels. So obviously there's the actual technical rules of the game that differentiate football from, say, rugby. There's also agreements like we'll play in an attacking way or we'll play a defensive game or we'll try and get the ball through these two sticks at the opposite end or we'll always pass the ball to Jane because she's really good at scoring goals. So there's all there's different levels of these principles. But so long as we stick with these principles, everything else is kind of improvised. That deep structure is a set of principles that allows for coherent, collective improvisation. And I think the key point here as well is that in terms of creating that set of principles, those guiding rules of thumb, if you like, to steal your phrase, um, it's really important that folk come up with them together. In most cases, it's not just dictated to, but actually, you know, you get your team together and you say, okay, so we're going to approach this new project or we're going to, we're going to take on this new thing or we're going to strive to make a million. Like, what are our rules of the game going to be? Coming up with a few principles together. I agree with that, Kate. And, and I think what we're doing here is we're now getting into the how, if you like. So how how do we actually work with this idea of deep structure? If it's if deep structure is this set of guiding principles, an obvious question is, well, what are ours? What, if, if our organisation or our business is a game, what kind of rules are we playing to? And one of the things about human beings is that as we learn, we habitualise the rules so that we don't need to keep thinking about them. So an awful lot of this stuff is below the conscious level of the organisation. They operate largely as habits. And, and it's almost like a therapeutic exercise to say, right, so if what we are doing was being generated by some principles, what are these principles? It's like, what's the grammar of this organisation if it was a conversation? And, and actually, surprise, surprise, where, where do we find these principles? where we always find principles in social settings in stories, right? So when we are bringing up kids or when we're doing whatever we do, we share stories. And usually at the root of these stories, there's a little message, mm -hmm. a rule of thumb, a, a guidance, all that kind of stuff. And so it's exactly the same in organizations. You get people together and say, right, we've done this so many times now. So, Based on what we were saying we were going to do, what happened in the last month or three weeks or six months or however long it was, any big stories emerging? And if somebody will tell a story, it's the most natural thing in the world, something exciting, something surprising. And then if you say to everybody, okay, so if that story was trying to tell us something about the principles we operate by, what are these principles? And you'd be amazed how easily people come up with them. When you've got them surfaced, you can then say, have any of them passed their cell by date? Mm -hmm. Are they still all valid? You know, So one of them clearly was there that we were trying to sell pies to corner shops. 
Uh, nobody eats pies anymore. So should we think about that one? Should we change that? Let's sell salads to supermarkets. So you can have little switches in these rules that can transform the whole thing. There's there's a very famous, probably myth, about how rugby developed out of the game of soccer. You know, soccer has been played in public schools by, you know, quite posh people as well as in working class areas. But one day, allegedly at rugby school, somebody decided not to kick the ball, but to pick it up and run with it. And out of that came a whole new game. One element of deep structure initially was changed and you got a whole new game. That's why deep structure is such a powerful idea when it comes to transformation. Because it's like a tectonic kind of strategic management. You operate way down underneath the surface. You change one element of the organization's deep structure and the whole business transforms. The downside of that is that you can't always predict exactly how it's going to transform. But if you keep in touch and share stories, you can amplify the things that are good and dampen down the things that are bad. And very quickly, the business can find itself in a completely different mode of operation. So it's a very light touch way of managing transformation. I think there's something I want to say about this. I really like about it. But before I do, I I think we should also say before we get all the bakers in Scotland uh, phoning or writing and say that we know that people still really love pies. (laughs) I love pies. (laughs) And also, while um, I love the um, analogy of or metaphor, whatever it is, of the um, rugby football thing, and while it might be mythical, the principle is absolutely right it's that tweaking one little thing and this is where also it makes change and transformation programs and organizations work better because rather than saying everything's changing and then that means that everybody's scared and thinking what does this mean for me what does it mean for my job all of that kind of stuff it's actually a much more human approach to it because what you're doing is working together on saying okay so we're going to have to change course here guys like or this has happened in the environment out there and we're going to need to change the nature of our business or something. But rather than going, everything's got to change, you actually boil it down to some key areas and then you tweak, you know, and you start doing smaller things. And it's like this ripple effect then, isn't it? It's kind of like the change then has a chance to embed, to grow, people have a chance to adapt to it. It's not scary. I completely agree with that. It's not scary. However, what I will say is that it's not always easy. No. So, so, so quite often when people say they're going to change something fundamental, like a fundamental principle, actually doing that is harder than saying you're going to do it. And, and I've had experiences myself. Once when we were trying to speed up the, the uh, cycle time of a particular manufacturing process, we agreed to process devices in batches of one rather than batches of 10 so that nine of them wouldn't be sitting around whilst whilst the other one was been working on, everybody kind of agreed to that. But switching deep structure, we go to one rather than 10. Within a, a week or two, when I was wandering around the shop floor, they'd get back into batches of three or four. Within two or three weeks, they'd get back into batches of seven or eight. And within a month, they were back into batches of 10. And there were fairly logical and rational explanations as to why that had happened. But in the end, the only way we could stick with our agreement to try and focus in batches of one was to remove every horizontal surface from the clean room. 
So, so, so when people get stressed and anxious, we revert to these habits snap to grid. Yeah. and snap to grid. And one of the problems, I think, with strategy and possibly one of the causes of implementation failure is that people introduce new strategic plans without any adjustment to the deep structure and expect them to take root. That's a bit like scattering seed on a field without plowing it. It just they're just not going to germinate. Yeah, you need the rules of the game or the real rules of the new game and to co-create that quite a lot of the time together. To have conversations about that together. So that so that you know the, the practical takeout would be get your folk together, share stories about what's happening, try and distill that down at some rules of the game. And then talk about whether you want to change any of these, then take action to make the ones that you want to change current and the ones that you want rid of impossible. Folks, if this has sparked some thoughts, then you can do a little bit more reading about it in Donald Donald's book, Strategists at Work, which you've co-authored, Donald, with uh, Robert McIntosh and Craig Robinson, who definitely uh, deserve a name check for this stuff too. There's a brilliant chapter on complexity theory and strategy and transformation and leadership, which is worth delving into. But we will also give you a little tool to help you think about your deep structure if you sign up to our newsletter. So just saying, worth putting your email in for that. So anyway, should we give the, do you want to give us a quick summary about deep structure, the main points to think about for folk? Okay. What is it? So deep structure is the set of guiding principles right at the core of your organization that helps generate what it is, the culture, the patterns, the practices, everything. And so if you really want to transform your organization or your entire system, if you're a region, you really need to get to what the deep structure is and tweak it. Trying to manage it all on the surface is Pointless because the world is emergent. Brilliant. And why is it important? Because it allows people to express themselves, bring out the best of themselves, and act collectively so that the net effect, the emergent property, so to speak, is genuinely greater than the sum of the parts. And how do we do it? Or a way to do it? So, one of the ways of managing deep structure or managing the organization through its deep structure is the most natural thing in the world. We gather together in our teams, in our groups, the whole organization, we share stories and we ask a very simple question, okay, what's that story about? And if the behavior that it's describing was to be was to be reduced to a kind of guiding principle, what is it? So that's step number one, make the unconscious conscious and then say, okay, do we want to change any of this stuff? Or some of it passed itself, my day. Great, thank you. Well, we've had lots of people get in touch with us about this one. And so we've had uh, Maria Bell as well, who is co-founder of Mesomorphic and Silicon Croft. And she sent a little voice note. So I just want to play that about why this stuff is so important. When I saw the poll for which management style I preferred, I chose two options. It was the framework and also the freedom to be innovative, simply because I quite like having a, a ground rules to, to work towards. So I know about the expectations and the desired outcomes before I get too creative, um, simply because of the way that my brain works. I know that if I don't know those two things, um, I will probably end up going down some rabbit hole or coming back with something that really wasn't meeting the spec. So I quite like the combination of having a framework and that space to be creative. 
And that's what deep structure does, isn't it? Absolutely. A great, great contribution from Maria there. I have to say quite a few people have actually said it's both. It's these two, which is a great endorsement of deep structure. If there's anybody out there in a large bureaucratically strategic planning oriented organisation, listen up, please. <laughs> we need things to change. Please. I'm getting fed up with it all. <laughs> So there you go, folks. There you go. 25 minutes, 20 minutes on deep structure, a whole big thing, but hopefully some tips that you can take away there. Um, we'll give you something quite simplified. If you sign up for our newsletter, head over to the website, strategystory.co.uk or .com, depending where you are. And as always, please email us. Let's get a conversation going. Let's make working in businesses, leading businesses better for everybody. Hello at strategystory.co. UK. Thank you very much, Professor Donald. Thank you, Martha, producer. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us here at the Strategy Story Podcast. You can listen to this podcast anywhere they're available. You'll also find all the links and resources mentioned in the show notes below. Don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date with all our episodes.